Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh. Individually and collectively, 
the wealth of worlds gathered by others. Okay, and that's just a little on the introduction. We're going, uh, that's the main reading. We're going to give God, God, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for this, this time to come together to praise and worship your name. Um, despite the complications, we're here, and we want to praise you and thank you, God, for being the awesome God that you are. God, we pray for this nation. We ask you, God, particularly our governing structures, we bind and rebuke demon forces trying to usurp authority in the judicial branch of government, in the executive branch of government, and the legislative branch. We come against you through the blood of Jesus Christ. Every plot and plan of Satan to usurp authority they do not have, to turn those entities, governance entities, into a mockery of justice and righteousness, come against it in the name of Jesus. The mockery is on the joke, is on the devil's face. And we plead the blood of Jesus that God's people will raise up and stop the plot of the enemy to turn this nation to do the work of Satan using our governing structures. We come against that demon spirit in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is against you. God, we just thank you, God, for raising up people that are aware of the atrocities that these demons are doing on this earth. Few people they have looking like they're flourishing. And then the masses of people that eugenically destroying, we come against that demon spirit in the name of Jesus. We call for what the word of God says, that God has a life more abundant, where he wants to see not only our health prosper, but our minds prosper, our finances prosper, so, God, we ask you to open the windows of heaven for each and every praying person, God, particularly T.I.s, that they were placed initially in this program, Heavenly Father, and they have a job to do, and that is consistent with Ephesians 5.11, to take no part in the works of darkness, rather expose them. God, I ask you to give each and every targeted individual the strength to carry out their assignment, Heavenly Father to turn this, to retake this earth from demon forces. Whatever capacity you've given them, God, let them use it. Let them use the passion, the creativity of the brain that you've given them to expose this program and help the retaking of this, this earth from demon forces. God, we praise your name. We give you honor and praise for coverage for the blood of Jesus Christ. We come against secret human research experimentation in the name of Jesus. I come against every plot and plan of Satan, every manifestation. Lord, I come against the gall of people using radiation weapons to tamper with people's arteries. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus for shielding. And every demon doing that to the person, I plead the blood of Jesus that it comes back to that sender triplefold according to God's will, if that's what God's will. But it's very hard to not see it being God's will. If you can plan it for someone else, it should be good for the sender. Pray that they, these demons committing horrific crimes against humanity, Heavenly Father, that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit takes them down and makes them and penalizes them for their crimes. I come against that demon spirit of electronic torture, radiation weapons tampering with people's arteries, their muscles. I bind up the spirit of necrosis, trying to make cells die in live tissues. This has to be a plan from the pit of hell. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I ask you, God, to shed the blood of Jesus over each and every person that is praying about this, that you cover us, God, in the name of Jesus, that you cover us from every attack, assault. I come against the induced sicknesses that come with unregulated radiation weaponry. I come against the demon spirit, covert assassination planning, and manifestations under the disguise of science. I come against that demon spirit of eugenics to control and destroy the human race. 
I plead the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus is against you, Satan. And every scientist that has allowed and has participated in it, I ask you, God, to handle them according to your will. Bring them to their knees, Heavenly Father, so that they can get to know you, that they can repent. God, I thank you, God, for the land of the living. I thank you, God, for the coverage of our babies, of our senior citizens. I thank you, God, for all you've done, all you're going to do. I ask you, God, for continual coverage on our elders. Lord, bless my mother from head to toe. Cover her in the name of Jesus. Bless Amy's mother. Bless Anne's mother. Bless the T.I.s across the nation's mothers and the T.I.s themselves, Heavenly Father. Give them the strength and the endurance to keep moving forward, Heavenly Father, to keep doing your work in whatever capacity you've given them to do it in. God, I give you all the praise and the glory for every rescue you've brought us through, for everything that you have done, Heavenly Father. That you have used this program to bring praying people together and to use the people in this program to alert the nation of nothing but another plot, a deadly plot of Satan that must demise, that must be destroyed. God, we need you, Heavenly Father, to direct our path, to guide us. And I do this without you, Heavenly Father, but we do know that the one power over evil is the power of God. God, we thank you for countermeasures. We thank you, God, for the privilege of prayer. We thank you, God, for our coverage, because if it was the will of the enemy, none of us would be here. So we thank you, God, to continue to use us, use the skills you've given us to advance the kingdom of God. God, we give you all the praise. God, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, uh, all right. Uh, there's some scriptures here. I'm waiting for some uh, scriptures for strength. For learning to trust him and give God your problems to him completely welcome. Um, I do hear some background noise. Hi there, who's that? And I'm glad you were able to get in. WTLM Ministries? Yeah, I was on mute. Welcome. Uh, me, Brian. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Glad, glad you made it. You want to say a little prayer before I do the scripture reading? And then I'm going to go right into the book. Okay, sure. Um, How did you get father, in? Uh, I, I uh, uh, called for my uh, uh, other phone, and uh, I pressed uh, one uh, and, and, and was able to get in. But that's uh, okay. off, of one, uh, off of my other I phone, have... yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did the facts. It did the facts to me, too. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Get into it. Go ahead. All right. Um, dear Father, uh, we're about to uh, enter into this uh, session. Lord, please help that all of us uh, who are listening to this uh, and every TI across the nation, Lord, completely uh, start to understand the nature of why uh, we're going through what we're going through. And more than anything else, to give ourselves up daily, die daily, and help us, Lord, that we will completely give ourselves over to you, make our will your will. And, Lord, um, help us on a daily basis to seek to please you and help us on a daily basis, Lord, to look up whenever the times are rough. Help us, Lord, on a daily basis to um, um, be able to reach out to other brothers and sisters who are going through this, Lord, who do not have hope, Lord. But, Lord, make our hope be in you, more than anything else, Lord, and may our hope not be in man, but only in you. Help us, Lord, on a daily basis to awaken those who don't know about this situation, Lord, and need to be awoken about this uh, situation, Lord, because my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Help us, Lord, that we can lay the foundation, Lord, so that others can be prepared uh, uh, properly, Lord, so that they can enter into your kingdom. Help us, Lord, that um, 
well, that we will begin to study up on the Bible promises, Lord, and spend that thoughtful hour every day in prayer, in thinking about your closing scenes, Lord, so that we can get, gain the strength, Lord, to hate sin as, uh, as how it is, Lord, the thing that separates us from you. Lord, help us, Lord, that um, even though we are severely targeted, that on each and every day we find some source, something, Lord, and that something especially should be you, to hold on to and to remember uh, 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 that you are the only one who can uh, deliver us uh, from the situation. Heal the brothers and sisters, uh, uh, especially those who are not of the faith, especially the atheists, Lord, that they will come and give themselves over to you. May your Holy Spirit start to work on their hearts, work on their consciences, so that they can start to see you as their only uh, 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 source of strength. And we ask of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Uh, our scriptures for strength, First Peter 5, 7. Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. John fourteen twenty seven. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. Okay, in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ. I waited patiently for God to help me. Then he listened and heard my cry. I'm sorry, Psalms 40, verses 1 to 3. I waited patiently for God to help me. Then he listened and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out from the bog and the mire, and set my feet on a hard, firm path and steadied me as I walked along. God has given me a new song to sing of praises to our God. Now many will hear of the glorious things he did for me and stand in awe before the Lord and put their trust in him. God, I'd like to just add on to that scripture, God, that you use each and every targeted individual to have the nation stand in awe at God's powerful usage of T.I.'s their natural God-given skills, Heavenly Father, to shut down this demon program using and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Psalms 34, 17, 19, yes, the Lord hears the good man when he calls to him for help, and he saves him out of all his troubles. The Lord is close to those whose heart is breaking. He rescues those who are humbly sorry for their sins. The good man does not escape all troubles. He has them too. But the Lord helps him in each and every one. Mm. Isaiah forty thirty one. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. John 14, 1, 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You are trusting God. Now trust. You are trusting God. There are many homes up where my father lives, and I am going to prepare them for you coming. When everything is ready, I'll come and get you so you can always be with me where I am. If this were not so, I would not tell you so. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong, be encouraged, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God will be with you. He will, he will not fail you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And finally, Psalms 112, 6 through 8. 
such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. Mm, that's what T.I. is. Again, such a man will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. Mm, I mean, evil circumstances. This is a, just a sick program. God's constant care of him will make a deep impression on all who see it. He does not fear bad news nor live in dread of what may happen, for he is settled in his mind that Jehovah, the Most High God, will take care of him. That is why he is not afraid, but can calmly face his foes, God. Calmly face his foes, God. We just thank you for the reading of the scripture. Every enemy, a particular enemy I have to speak of, regional killer board in gray, what would make police departments, FBI, president offices, disregard the crimes of this top eugenicist. I plead the blood of Jesus against regional killer Boyd and Gray. Boyd and Gray, the blood of Jesus is against you. Every satanic cult under you will crumble. Every satanic follow-up will fall apart. And most importantly, I plead the blood of Jesus and I plead the Holy Spirit to take over that demon-possessed spirit of trying to, not trying, of eugenically killing and hurting innocent people, particularly those that have no clue. The blood of Jesus is against every single Satanist operating in conjunction with regional killer Boyd and Gray. Every Satanist working independent from him in whatever manner, the blood of Jesus, the blood, the blood of Jesus is against every ritual that was done. That was, to, that was done to disable public protection offices, I plead the blood of Jesus against it. It will have no bearing on this earth anymore. I don't know what they did, but I know the blood of Jesus can tear it apart. I thank you, God, for the dismantling of this, this sick eugenic assassination program. And I ask you, God, I, I come again to you, God, for coverage over God's people that are lined up with the assignment you put them on this earth to do. I thank you, God, for continual cleansing, maturing us, building, creating, directing us so that we can use our skills and our finances to show the awesome work of God, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're reading The Wealth of the Wicked Stored for the Righteous, Stephen Glenn. We're looking at Master Scheme, Stage 2. The process of creating money is so simple, it repels the mind. That is the former president of the Bank of England. It is hard to believe that the creation of money happens as you, Mr. Howell, decide to ledger it in the accounting books. Uh, this author uses the name Mr. Howell to just as a fictitious person that's heading the Federal Reserve Board. So he's saying, Mr. Howell, it's amazing. It's hard to believe that the creation of money happens as you, Mr. Howell, decide to ledger it in that accounting book. Someone's promise to pay you is the catalyst that compels you to create new money. When you go in a bank, it's your signature that creates the money. Or perhaps you wish some for yourself and ledger, some for more funds for yourself with the stroke of a pen. It's important, however, that you keep track of this scam it is a Ponzi scheme with the reverse intent. You need to make sure that there are not enough funds circulating on paper to allow you to be paid back with interest. It is also important that no one be allowed to drop out of the game at this, in, at this juncture. It is in its beginning stages and everyone, Marianne included, needs to be advanced more funds along with Gilligan, Jill, Ginger, Skipper, he goes to Gilligan Island. He's, he's trying to give us, he's given a scenario of how the banks operate. So he used the people on Gilligan's Island 
where Mr. and Mrs. Howell had all the money. And then the rest of them, well, they were farmers, and, and they had different roles in the game, but he explains how Mr. Howell lends out all this money. So he's saying how the scam works. Um, ask yourself why people in our American economy are continually being extended credit regardless of their poor credit rating. It's a game of musical chairs that at this point in the game, you need to keep the music playing. Hopefully, you can get everyone to borrow more before the end of the year in order to perpetrate the cycle. As long as Marianne or any poor competitor in the game is genuinely willing to make the effort to pay you back, it is in your best interest to let them play. They are at least pulling funds out of the system and giving it back to you so that the monetary supply gets reduced. Let's examine what happens if someone gives up or refuses to pay you back. This is what happens when you default on a loan. Remember what predicament you put yourself in if you or your spouse spends too much money too fast in this economy. You put yourself in the position of expanding the monetary supply to a point that everyone can pay you back easily. If you allow people to not pay you back or not refinance you back, then you expand the monetary supply as if you just gave the money away. I will re reiterate over and over again that this scheme in your power, this scheme in your power to administer is dependent on making sure that more is owed to you than the amount in circulation. Mm. Also, you cannot allow people to forgive themselves of the debt and fail to pay you back. You could just take it from them since you control the book. Hmm. However, doing that makes all your loan customers feel violated. Think about it. Banks rarely, if ever, confiscate money from their customers' accounts to force pay loans, to force pay loan payments. Let's consider the subject of cash. The people are eventually going to insist that you issue currency against their balances so that they can trade independently of your knowledge of their transaction and for convenience. Therefore, you will have to issue certificates or notes, which is cash against the account balances. Cash will haunt you throughout the perpetual life of this scam. Cash can be counterfeited thus increasing the monetary supply. It also makes it possible for non-customers to gain power independent of you. But it is necessary because the people, your customers, will do, your customers will demand cash. Business will grow to the point where customers will get tired of having to appear before you to adjust the balances of their accounts for every transaction. Currency should become so plentiful that the need for your ledger credit could possibly become non-existent. You have to adjust your strategy to counteract this new trend. You need to develop and employ some enforcement strategy to foreclose or repossess your non-paying customers' collateral. Your original plan may have been to debit their account while funds were still there, but now, with currency in circulation and no funds on credit, enforcement is necessary. Taking funds out of your customer's account by debiting the account was never a realistic option to begin with, and banks today typically do not employ such tactics. Customers may need a little leeway to pay you. After all, you have made it nearly impossible to pay, to pay you back, to pay you completely. Right. It is better that they strive to pay you late than never at all. Besides, they will anticipate your intent your intent to debit their accounts and thus spend for necessities before you catch them. It's better to set up laws and law enforcement personnel, courts and sheriffs will serve your purposes better. You will have to collect taxes to pay for their courts and sheriffs. Collecting taxes will scrape some of the money off the top and serve you well. 
You will have no redistribute these funds to your judges and police, but you will, of course, collect more than what you initially redistribute, thus keeping some funds out of circulation. This will serve a double purpose. Here, as you offset the funds from the non-payers while collecting more than you need to run your government, at the same time setting an example of what happens to those who don't pay, it will be better if your new government becomes your customer, your biggest customer. It will become a huge monster in your favor as it will continue to raise taxes to be able to pay the interest it owes you. Remember, Rothschild, let me control a nation's currency, and I care not who makes its laws. Mm-hmm. No one can serve both God and mammon. This is true, and there is no third choice. As your island expands its population, maintaining your scheme will become a science. One could say that it would be the science of economics. You will grow to rely on statistics as it applies to human nature. You will develop all kinds of economic indicators and employee more, more, and employee, employ more tactics than just lowering and raising interest rates to control the monetary supply. David Rockefeller has a PhD in economics, not banking. Yet, as you can see, the two fields are inseparable. Alan Greenspan went from being a major critic of the Federal Reserve System while a big supporter of gold standards. Very quickly after his views became public, he became the Federal Reserve Board Chairman. Mm. Wow. Keep in mind that a gold standard now, in this time, will provide those who control all the gold with all the power. It is the bankers now, or Mr. Howell, who have been able to buy up most of the gold over the past century. Since March 9th, 1933, today's money, as per the 73rd Congress, represents a mortgage on all the homes and all other property of all the people. This includes all the gold and silver. This also includes everything that you can imagine that can be owned by the people, including, shockingly, your body. Yeah, when it's that, they pledged our bodies as chattel. All right, conditioning and programming the public. I'll probably read this a few times. Conditioning and programming the public. You have an account. The United States has created an account in your name with a number specifically assigned to you that accounts for all the credit that you have with the United States. This credit can be used to offset any debt you have with the United States or any of its subsidiary corporations. Interestingly, anyone and everyone is a subsidiary corporation. Any or any of its subsidiary corporations. Interesting, anyone and everyone is a subsidiary corporation. This account is your constitutional remedy for what the United States has taken from you. If the government or United States and the U.S. Treasury tells you that you do not have an account with the United States Treasury, you must first analyze the legalese in which they make this statement. However, first recognize that the statement that they do or do not have an account for you is an offer. It is an offer for you to accept, reject, stipulate, stipulate to, or conditionally accept. This offer is governed by the rules of the UCC, mentioned in greater detail in this book later. In fact, it's UCC 1206. The legalese may say that you, as a citizen, do not have an account, meaning that the account is not in your possession. Perhaps that does not mean that the Treasury does not have an account they use to track you. Perhaps they will say no one has an account with $1 million since birth and say that this is absurd. If they say that, it may be that you have a $1.5 million per man or $1.5 million in credit since birth. 
While misleading, it is still accurate and not perjury to deny that you or any citizen has an account with $1 million credit since birth. What if the Treasury is stating, what if the Treasury is stating is that no one has a Treasury direct account assigned to them? This too would be correct because a Treasury direct account is opened by people voluntarily. A Treasury direct account is opened by people voluntarily online for the purpose of purchasing Treasury bonds. Also realize that there's a difference between the words issued and assigned. These accounts, if not requested by you, may be assigned to you. If requested by you, they are issued. Furthermore, if the Treasury says no one is issued an account without any credits in it, perhaps they are right about this within the first year of birth. However, don't fret because the account does not have to have a credit posted to it in order for it to be debited. If your account is only debited, keep in mind that since there's no money, the United States is obligated to call, cover all your debts or any debt that you post to it. Title 18, Section 8 of the United States Code confirms this, as you will see later in the book. In 1871, a corporation named the United States of America was created. This corporation is a separate and distinct is separate and distinct from the United States of America, declared in the Declaration of Independence of 1776. Notice the word United is not capitalized. It is also separate and distinct from the United States of America, where each letter is capitalized, under the Constitution for the United States of America in 1787 and amended in 1791. When Congress re-signed, signed during the outbreak of the Civil War, it never reconvened. Since that time, the original United States of America has been defunct. Again, let me read that over. When Congress resigned, signed, died, during the outbreak of the Civil War, it never reconvened. Since that time, the original United States of America has been defunct. Instead, what we call Reconstruction only constructed a corporation which in turn adopted the previous Constitution up to and including the first 12 amendments. Mm-hmm. So they basically turned the country into a corporation and they used the Constitution using the first 12 amendments. That's why the 14th Amendment, Equal Protection of the Law, they tried to deny. Let's see more here. Instead, what we call Reconstruction only constructed a corporation which in turn adopted the previous Constitution up to and including the first 12 amendments. The original 13th Amendment, which assigned a penalty that anyone accepting a title of nobility was left out of the newly adopted U.S. Constitution. That penalty was a removal of citizenship for those persons, such as a knight under the queen of an esquire, which is the shield bearer for a knight. It opened the floodgates for the country, the new corporation to be controlled by attorneys at law, Mm-mm-mm instead of me making a long drawn out case about it, just go to Title 28 of the United States Code section, section 3002, definition 15A. It states that the United States shall mean a federal corporation. Wow. Or on YouTube, you can learn more by watching the post what happened to the Constitution by Mark Wasmus? Very enlightening. Again, that's a YouTube. Uh, what happened to the Constitution by Mark Wasmus? W A 
A-S-M-U-T-H. Since that time, this corporation, incorporated under Great Britain with our beloved United States people consent by silence, has been run by attorneys and bankers. Wow. No wonder attorneys, that's why attorneys can't do anything. They're part of it. They don't even something right. And the ones on the bottom have no clue. They don't even know they're part of it. Although our original United States of America still exists, its offices are vacant because everyone who held these offices died and the people were, for the most part, none the wiser. That's what we have today. We have people holding top positions and they're just lawyers, have no clue. The Supreme Court acknowledged the existence of several United States in 1886 in a case called Yick Wo versus Hopkins, and I've heard of that. And that's Y-I-C-K, and it's W-O versus Hopkins. Through the Act of 1871, the 41st, 41st Congress passed an act that created the corporate United States, which is capitalized, and the Supreme Court has acknowledged this act of incorporation. The other two United States are recognized by the Supreme Court in Hoven in Allison Corp versus Steve 324 U.S. 652, 1945. He gives a link, http://deoxy.org/lib3us.htm. It would be good for you to look the case up. This new corporation has many subsidiary corporations in it that are incorporated into it in which you can also use your credit to offset debt. Again, this new corporation has many subsidiary corporations in it that are incorporated into it, which you can use your credit to offset debt. By 1940, the Buck Act was passed, creating a new, creating new corporations to replace the old state governments the same way the United States Corporation replaced the United States. Jure, replaced the United States de jure government, which is the real government, and they turned into de facto. The state of North Carolina replaced North Carolina. Okay. And they, what it is, it's all capitals. The state of North Carolina replaced the, the North replaced North Carolina capital N and capital C. So they use the all caps to replace the states, and that's why we have the state of New York, right? Wow, this is just—I mean, it's, are we living this? I mean, we look at your documents. All right, the state of South Carolina replaced South Carolina. And it's all caps. Everything, the state of South Carolina basically replaced capital S, South, and capital C, Carolina. The state of Virginia and the Commonwealth of Virginia replaced the Virginia Commonwealth. Wow, that's exactly what they did. Notice how these are spelled. North Carolina is spelled with upper and lower case, indicating a proper noun, whereas the state of North Carolina is spelled using all capital letters, indicating a legal fiction or a corporation. See the manual on usage and style, eighth edition published by Texas Law Review in 1995, and the United States Government Printing Office style manual, March 1984 edition. And he's just showing, he's saying basically all the states was turned into corporations. The United States was turned into a corporation and they turned all the states into corporations. And that why they don't have to abide by the constitutional 14th Amendment. The reason I'm taking the time to tell you this is that the great scam that has been perpetuated on people of this continent was done legally. Mm -mm -mm. I would say more satanically. Legally does not mean lawfully. The executive branch of government did not have the right to reconstruct the legislative and judicial branches of government, and it did not. 
a new corporation was formed and constructed to resemble the original states only colorable under disguise, that means, but the new corporation would operate under contract law. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. And the new constitution adopted from the old would serve as the new corporate bylaw. When Ronald Reagan took office, he appointed several commissions to find out what was really going on. He appointed the Grace Commission under the leadership of Peter Grace. The Grace Commission reported that none of the funds collected from individual income tax return goes to run any service of government that people expect for their tax dollar. Instead, it goes to the International Monetary Fund, or the IMF, and our Social Security payments go to the Queen of England. Mm. According to the Reagan Diaries, President Ronald Reagan received a report on November 17, 1986, from the Council on Domestic Policy that the states were now federal territories instead of sovereign and independent states. His journal entry is as follows. A domestic policy council meeting to receive the first results of the studies I've asked for. This one was in making our state's administrative districts of the federal government on federalism and how the national government has violated the Constitution in making our state's administrative districts of the federal government. You hear me? That's exactly what's going on, what they did. They created every state to be a corporation, an entity attached to the federal government. And with that, all this, all sovereignty went out the window. Hmm. Let's see. Um, this one was in making our state's administrative districts of the federal, the state's administrative district, corporations basically of the federal government, on federalism and how the national government has violated the Constitution in making our state's administrative districts of the federal government rather than sovereign states. He said, I want this reversed. This is Ronald Reagan. Apparently, President Reagan did not know that he was the president of a corporation, and those states were sub-corporations. The original United States and the United States still exist, and each one of the states is sovereign. However, we're not operating those states as such. The Buck Act challenged all that. We all need to read the Buck Act. After the new corporation was formed, the stage was set for the central bank, who is Mr. Howell, the Gilligan's Island, who is Mr. Howell, to invade the island, our continent. But the people would be or too shrewd at this point for an all, it would be too shrewd for an all-out takeover. The people were much more attuned to the banker philosophy than they are today. Keep in mind, only a few years before Andrew Jackson drove the bankers out and back to England, the Rothschild banking cartel, otherwise known as Mr. Howell, for the purpose of this allegory, know that the free, independent, educated United States people would be a tough nut to crack. But in time and patience, it could be done. A couple of educated generations would have to die out. That's why they're killing so many people. Mm. And a few emergencies slash disasters would have to be planned for the younger generations in order to scare or to shake them away from rational thought. You just can't throw these people into hot water and expect them to just take it without complaining. You must boil us slowly like a frog. Mm. If you throw a frog into hot water, the frog will jump out. You must put the frog in cool water and then turn the heat up a little at a time. Wow. Before long, 
the frog won't realize that it's being cooked. <laughs> the Constitution was well known among even eighth grade children during the turn of the century, which was 1900, and gold and silver coin were the nation's monetary system. The National Banking Acts were passed before the end of the Civil War so that legitimate lending could occur with paper currency as long as real assets were used to back that currency. Even so, the licensed national banks under Title 12 of the U.S. Code, they abused their privileges to print currency and the people were wise to the practices of the game. At the time, a national bank, as defined by 12 U.S.C., could be started by a group of four or more individuals who pooled their assets. The assets were verified, and, the, and that verification in the form of a security was sent to the U.S. Treasury, where the Treasury would then authorize the new national bank of whatever your hometown was named to print currency up to 80% of the value of the assets pledged. The currency was printed very elegantly with beautiful designs with engraving plates with the bank's president's authorization signature on the right-hand side and the bank's cashier endorsement on the left-hand side. Never were these banknotes considered legal tender by the treasury or the people, but they were negotiable just like a bank's check today. We're reading from The Wealth of the Wicked, Stored for the Righteous, chapter on conditioning and programming the public. The banks could play the game as long as depositors and borrowers did not make a run on the bank and demand gold or silver for the banknote that was in their possession. In other words, the banks cheated. Oh my God. Although they were only allowed to print 80% of the worth of their pledged assets, these banks or national banking associations would print as much currency, promissory notes, national bank notes as they wanted or needed. Although your local local bank may have pledged only $1 million to the Treasury licensing themselves to print only 800000 in notes, these banks would print as many notes as they needed to pay employees or to, or to loan to customers as long as the customers could spend the notes pay other banks with them, etc. The customers would never run back to the issuing bank demanding gold or silver. J.P. Morgan and company maintained such a high reputation because its first priority was that reputation. Although J.P. Morgan could also cheat by overprinting, it would immediately redeem any of its own notes without hesitation for gold, and demand and do it with a smile. The result of this policy prevented J.P. Morgan from enduring any drastic runs on his bank because the public had confidence that Morgan's bank was always solvent, even if it was not, if that was not the case. J.P. Morgan always maintained only a small reserve of actual gold and silver in proportion to the number of notes that his bank issued. This is where the word reserve originated in banking. However, because of his policy to quickly redeem his own notes, the people's people always had a lot of confidence in Morgan currency on Morgan notes. Furthermore, J.P. Morgan was a depository for only wealthy customers. If you did not deposit a certain amount with Morgan, his bank would not accept you as a customer. This went more to the image that J.P. Morgan was a solid financial institution. Recent uncovering of the records at the Morgan Bank chronicled in the book, The House of Morgan, tell a different story. Because of the confidence that the public had in Morgan notes, currency, the bearer of such a note saw no need to redeem it for gold because they believed in their, the, the reputation because it was readily acceptable for all debts and pur purchases. In other words, it was easily negotiable. Morgan was a master 
at the Miss Towels game. He was taught well by his father and George Peabody, his child of England. Many banks did indeed lose the confidence of the people because they played the game too aggressively when depositors, borrowers, and, and, and recipients of his currency promissory notes lost faith in a particular national banking association and demanded hard assets or gold as opposed to bank credit or national currency named after the bank. By 1900, the bank in which the United States and London had the most faith was J.P. Morgan. However, Morgan was a private bank and it ruled America and Europe because it was shrewd. Very good. I need to get up on out of chase. <laughs> and I knew that. It was shrewd, very good for its word, and actually cared about the economy. It understood that without a strong economy, banking was short-lived and power was soon lost. However, other banksters were not so reputable at heart and were jealous of the House of Morgan. Enter the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve was a national banking association privately owned that employed the tactic of naming itself federal to inspire the confidence of its clients that it had government backing. Another such European-owned bank was the Bank of the United States, like Bank of America. Mm. Neither bank had, had as at its inception, any government affiliation. In 1910, the secret Jekyll Hyde, Jekyll Island meeting book place with European bankers, Rothschild agents to form the Federal Reserve and passed the Federal Reserve Act by 1913 to serve as the country's central bank. The act was passed on December 23rd by tricking most of Congress to go home for the Christmas holiday, then in a time with virtually no phones or transportation systems, Congress was reconvened with just enough people to pass the act that would have otherwise never been passed. Wow. I mean, it's nothing but trickery. Oh, wow. They had an emergency meeting to pass the Federal Reserve Act. The Federal Reserve had three types of currencies at the time. It issued gold certificates in the green style that we grew up using in the 1960s through the 90s. These gold certificates were legal tender and redeemable in gold. It issued silver certificates that were also legal tender and were redeemable in, you guessed it, silver. They also issued Federal Reserve notes that looked just like the previously mentioned gold and silver certificates, but they were not legal tender because they were not backed by the constitutionally mandated gold and silver coins. After 1913, the thousands of other national banking associations or national banks were forced to adopt the Federal Reserve's artwork and design of currency because the government wanted all the currency to look identical. This is the situation today. Confidence in a Federal Reserve certificate or note was and is crucial to the success of their evil plan. Back then, the Treasury printed all the currency with Washington on $1 note, Lincoln on a 5, Hamilton on a 10, Jackson, Jackson on a 20, Grant on a 50, and Franklin on a 100. The criteria for your information, for getting your picture on a denomination of money was not to be president. Obviously, since Hamilton and Franklin were never the commander in chief, but to have been postmaster general. Wow. Each printed note would be blank on its left side to allow the individual national bank to stamp its identity in the place where we today see the seal of the Federal Reserve Bank of a certain city on the $1 note, but that of the Federal Reserve System on the other note. The Federal Reserve National Bank of Richmond or Philadelphia or New York would have to do the same thing that all the other national banks were required to do. The purpose of this was to condition the public to see, literally see with their eyes, what happened to be 
a central uniform currency. Wow. They planned it out nicely. Wow. It all looked practically identical, whereas in the past, each individual national bank had its own currency with its own design and size of paper. Each had an engraved picture of its bank president or someone else, and you had to know that bank and its reputation to feel safe in accepting its note from someone for the payment of something to you. This new uniform currency prevented any one bank from printing more promissory notes than it had assets to keep and lulled the public to sleep with regard to noticing any changes in the wording, no matter how large or slight on the face of the note. The crash of 1929 was orchestrated on purpose by the banksters after they had the majority of the nation hooked on this paper currency. The country was dependent on this new paper that said national currency with the pictures of famous men in American history on it. Let me give examples with the pictures. Mm. Whereas, whereas the Bible said it is impossible for man to serve both God and mammon, money of the mercantile system of the world. The country was hooked on what the money could do for them instead of depending on God. Mm. 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 That is so true. Until today, this is what is going on. The country was dependent, mm. was hooked on what the money could do for them instead of depending on God. Mm. If you were T.R., you have learned do not depend on that money. If that money will let you down, you better depend on God. Mm. His earth, all right, let me take it from the The Bible says it's impossible for man to serve both God and mammon, money of the mercantile system of the world. The country was hooked on what the money could do for them instead of depending on God. On, depending on God, his earth, and nature to produce their needs. Yeah. This newfound wealth caused the euphoria known as the Roaring Twenties. This economic bubble lasted from 1913 to 1929, nearly a full generation. This new generation knew nothing but prosperity and easy money, where everything they wanted was readily available by handing someone some green paper or writing a check. People of that generation felt very secure in leaving their gold and silver in the banks, allowing them to easily transfer and spend it by writing paper checks or handing over national banknotes, the paper currency, labeled as national currency. In October 1929, the banks just pulled the plug by crashing the stock market, closing the banks, not allowing checks to be written, and declaring themselves to be insolvent. The money supply went south. It rapidly decreased, caused a depression. People were willing to work, but there was hardly any paper money with which the public had become accustomed to pay people to work. The business and farms had mortgaged themselves to participate in Wall Street bull markets and expand just to have it all collapse and to be foreclosed upon. The banksters had accomplished their first major plunder of the wealth of America. Mm. Then using the depression to coerce the rest of the nation, the banksters would orchestrate pulling the trigger on their grandest scheme, which was the New Deal. Mm. Oh, man, this book is deep. So let me cross-reference, do my homework, look up some of this. We're going to stop here. Next chapters are the New Deal and its constitutional barriers. And after that, it's the hidden remedy. Let's take a look at the hidden remedy. All right, peace, blessings. Let me, oh, man, my computer shut off. Anybody have any comments? Can't even see if anybody's...
anybody have any comments? I haven't been there for long. I was reading. Okay. All right. Well, we're God bless. And um, I'll talk Friday night. We'll be back on. Do join us tonight. Stop recording. Okay. Here we go. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.